Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pathways. My name is Aijan Meldebeck, and I'm an infrastructure strategist at Macquarie Asset Management. Today's topic is infrastructure secondaries and how they are creating liquidity for investors and at the same time presenting new opportunities to enter the market. Joining me today is Wendy Ho, head of the infrastructure secondaries business here at Macquarie. Wendy, it's exciting to have you with us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Aijan. Very excited to be joining you today. So the topic of secondaries is a fascinating one. And over the last years, it has gained increasingly popularity among infrastructure investors. The assets under management of infrastructure secondaries as a whole, as we know, uh, reached 23 billion US dollars as of September last year. This is about three times the size it was five years ago. Wendy, could you please tell us what's driving this trend? Certainly. Um, we see a couple of uh, main trends that are driving this growth. In particular, it is really driven by the growth in the primary infrastructure market. If we take a look at the data um, in the past 10 years in the infrastructure private markets, the AUM has doubled almost every five years since 2011. This indicates that at the this asset class at its 10-year mark, now we're actually starts um, 12 years from um, 2011, it's really reaching this maturity point where investors are more actively managing their portfolios. Not only are they allocating and they continue to do so, but they're looking at their portfolios and making more decisions and doing and performing more active management around their assets and their investments. What does this mean? That means that they have more choices one, in the infrastructure market to choose from, and two, they also want to be consciously thinking about um, this asset class and the, and the investments and the returns that, that, it's, um, that it's driving for their portfolios. And can this growth be described as a natural evolution of a maturing asset class? Have we seen this before in other asset classes as well? Yes. If you look back at um, the private equity secondaries market and the real estate secondaries market, both of these asset classes or the secondaries product really evolved and matured and became a big growth component when PE, when private equity and real estate matured as an asset class. Um, the, at the end of the day, the reality is, um, you know, these assets are close-ended funds with long durations, um, most of them in excess of 10 years, uh, and investors change their mind um, at points in time, um, and they need to do things with their portfolio and, and, and actually seek liquidity in order to change out these assets. And, and what are the other reasons why investors want to sell their existing commitments? Um, some other reasons is that, you know, it really is more choices. If you look at the infrastructure market today versus where it was a little over 10 years ago, um, we've really evolved from uh, products that are more um, global, regional products into products that now um, could be digital only, energy transition funds, can be mint market funds. So there's now a variety of different choices for investors to choose from. And based on their needs, which probably also evolved over the last 10 years, now they can meet, make more active decisions on what to choose. Um, in addition, you know, in, investors um, sometimes change their own strategy. Um, we've certainly seen changes in CIOs um, with investors who then prompt a change in their investment strategy from one asset class to another. Um, and then finally, you know, managers, um, while some investors choose to stay with their managers, they also choose sometimes to maybe lower their allocation to some managers um, to make room for new ones. And all of those things drive um, 
the need for liquidity and the need for them to actively manage the portfolios, which in turn requires um, a secondaries market to help um, with that liquidity and those needs. On our side as well, we've also noticed that investors are increasingly looking for liquidity, particularly in the past six to 12 months, uh, a lot due to the denominator effect. But we also noticed there are still investors who are yet to invest in infrastructure. So from, from your perspective, can you talk about why secondaries could be attractive for the first-time infrastructure investors? Uh, absolutely. Um, when we think about the secondaries um, asset class, it's actually been used by a, many large institutions and, and, and smaller investors um, as a starter product for them when they're thinking about a new asset class. And there are several reasons for this. Um, number one, it's hard to ramp up a program manager by manager and trying to build a diversification overnight. It takes years to do so. Um, most of, a lot of funds have about you know a three-year period before they come onto the market with a new fund. So that alone in building a diversified portfolio of different managers and sectors and geographies um, could take some time. In addition, there is um, the 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 J curve and the yield. So when we all know when we first invest in an asset class in, in closed-ended funds, you you experience a point of negative returns in the early years because you're paying fees and the investor and the investments are still waiting to be harvested or also still waiting to be deployed because a lot of funds will have a multiple year investment period. The difference with secondary funds is day one, you get to invest in a product that gives you diversification across sectors, manager funds, and vintage years. The vintage year one is particularly interesting because you actually now have access um, to an an asset class that you didn't invest in before, but instead of investing in the vintage year starting now, you get to go back in time. And that diversification is important because as we all know, when macroeconomic factors take into um, consideration, you look at interest rates environment, you know, the entry multiple could be quite different for each vintage year when the investments are made. When you are actually able to invest in a secondary product, that's all taken into account because we price those assets accordingly. Um, finally, um, a secondary's product is designed to avoid a J-curve because we're buying mature assets. So day one, we usually see distributions already and yield coming back to the portfolio. So the investors can also avoid a period of um, negative returns that could be multiple years with a secondary product. So, so in summary, it's diversification, which is like multi-dimensional across sectors, managers, funds. It's the second is the J curve um, mitigation, and then it's yield that's uh, starting from first years of the investment. Yeah, and the yield can come in um, both uh, income as well as asset disposition. Actually, if you look at secondary portfolios, most of the cash distributions that come out are actually from asset dispositions or sales of assets in the portfolios that we acquire. And are there other advantages of investing in infrastructure through a secondary fund? Um, yeah, it, it, you know, I think also, you know, one of the things is you really get to be able to go into, it, it goes back to diversification again. You really get to be able to take a, um, through a secondary's product, be invested across multiple sectors. You can also choose where you want to be, um, especially with the onset now of GP-led continuation funds. 
you now have an opportunity to invest in assets that you are, that you would not otherwise have an exposure to if you weren't in that investment period or investing in infrastructure when that when that asset was first acquired a few years ago. So there are more choices in terms of what you can choose versus just a brand new investment. And finally, the blind pool risk is a big factor. Um, in, investing in secondaries, it really because we target when you look at um, mature assets, when we when we think about our investment profile, we target um, a overall portfolio funded rate of about seventy percent, meaning. The asset, the funds that we're buying are already 70% drawn for the most part um, or more. Um, and therefore, you're really avoiding a, the blind pull risk that comes in with brand new funds where you have not yet seen an investment made day one. Yeah, that, that, that's very interesting um, because when we were doing research on the secondaries fund last year, uh, one of the things that struck us as well as historical distribution of returns uh, for secondaries showed that it had lower tail risk compared to primary funds. So that's that's exactly, I think, related to the reduced blind pool risk. Yeah, and, 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 and not only is the blind pool risk reduced, what we are also able to do is to price the assets according to their values today. And because we already know how the assets are performing and can then put forth a valuation of price that's commiserate with the risk profile, as well as the performance of the underlying assets. So there's the less blind pool risk um, because you're buying assets, but also the ability to influence or buy at the valuation that's appropriate for those assets instead of where they're currently marked. Yes, that's that's very interesting. Um, and in terms of so infrastructure is a, is a defensive asset class, as we know, and it provides essential services. It typically has stable and predictable cash flows, uh, strong inflation hedge potential, monopolistic or quasi-monopolistic positioning. So all of these trades are very attractive, particularly in the current environment. Do you see these trades also reflected in the performance of infrastructure secondaries? Definitely. In fact, um, we look for these same traits when we're evaluating our acquisitions and our um, transactions. We're looking for the same defensive traits that you see in primary infrastructure investments, because at the end of the day, we're still making infrastructure investments. Um, What we're also able to do, though, is to combine the characteristics of the secondaries, which is um, the J-curve mitigation, a shorter duration, as well as um, cash flows and yields day one, together with the infrastructure traits to provide a product that is very much at the end of the day, still an infrastructure investment product. And infrastructure is also a rapidly growing asset class. Uh, And if we look into the forecast, there is a significant investment required to achieve net zero carbon emission and emissions. And for example, according to our estimates, decarbonization uh, of electricity system alone may require about 53 trillion US dollars by 2050 globally. So that's a huge amount. So how do you see the growth of the primary market translating into the growth of the secondary market? That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, primary, the growth of the primary market is the main driver for the secondary's growth um, because we need the primary market in order for investors to have a need for uh, liquidity for this otherwise illiquid asset class. So simply the growth in the primary market and the huge amount that we're expecting um, and is, is going to drive the growth of the secondary's market. 
more importantly, what you cited just now is a um, a, a trend that you know investors are now seeking different products than where they were before. So instead of just a traditional infrastructure asset class, which investors invested in 10 years ago, which maybe consisted of um, very like toll roads or airports, et cetera, investors are now thinking about energy transition infrastructure, and they want to be able to invest in that asset class. What that means is for some investors that are have plenty of allocation and they don't need to worry about how much they're deploying, then naturally they have fresh capital to deploy in this asset class. But for other investors that need to make some choices with their portfolio in order to deploy into these new these new these new investment opportunities, they therefore will need to tap into the secondaries market to refresh their portfolios, to manage their portfolios, to sell their older um, investments who may which may not have these energy transition opportunities and make room for these new energy um, transition opportunities into in their portfolios. So Secondaries market allows them to do that. They can sell their older assets and in turn use the proceeds to invest in asset classes they are now looking for or sectors that they're looking for. And perhaps lastly, what should investors expect with regards to the evolution of the infrastructure secondaries over the coming years? Yeah, there's one interesting statistic if you look at the evolution of secondaries market. I mentioned earlier um, in this uh, podcast that if you look at private equity and real estate secondaries, they have both um, have been um, asset classes that have grown and matured because of the maturity of those underlying primary asset classes. Um, If you look at um, today where infrastructure secondaries is, it's around 1.4% of the overall AUM in infrastructure. If you compare that with private equity secondaries AUM, it's close to 7%. So if you look back at private equity, secondaries AUM, it was at the 1% to 2% um, not too long ago. If you, In fact, if you look at it, it's about 10 to 15 years ago that private equity sat in that same bucket of percentage uh, market share in terms of AUM. So if we look at the trends and if we look at historically what has happened with um, asset classes maturing, um, we see the potential for the growth for real assets to go from the 1.4% that we're at today to the close to 7% that we see in PE. So that in itself alone is the growth in the market. And then when you couple that combined with the growth in the primaries that we are pre-seeing, um, some research in fact indicate that the infrastructure private markets asset class will um, exceed $2 trillion by 2025. Um, you're looking at almost seven times the growth of infrastructure um, uh, infrastructure secondaries. Um, in over the next 10 years. So that's what we're very excited about. That's fantastic. And we look forward to seeing growth in the infrastructure secondary space over the coming years. Wendy, thank you very much for joining us today. To our listeners, if our discussion led you to any questions, please reach out to your Macquarie representative or drop us an email at mompodcasts at macquarie.com. We're always glad to have feedback on the show and respond to queries. Thanks everyone for listening and until next time. 
This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Investing involves risk including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objective will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, consider the appropriateness of it. With regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs and seek advice. No representation or warranty expressed or implied is made as to the accuracy of completeness of the information, opinions and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Macquarie Asset Management is a full-service asset manager offering a diverse range of products across public and private markets, including fixed income, equities, multi-asset solutions, private credit, infrastructure, renewables, natural assets, real estate, and asset finance. The public investment business is a part of Macquarie Asset Management and includes investment products and advisory services distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors, LP, a registered broker slash dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission Registered Investment Advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of MIMBT. Macquarie Group refers to Macquarie Group Limited and its subsidiaries and affiliates worldwide. Delaware Funds by Macquarie refers to certain investment solutions that Macquarie Asset Management Public Investments distributes, offers, refers, or advises. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, any Macquarie Group entity noted in this podcast is not an authorized deposit-taking institution for the purposes of the Banking Act 1959. The obligations of these other Macquarie Group entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank. Macquarie Bank does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these Macquarie Group entities. In addition, if this podcast relates to an investment, the investor is subject to investment risk, including possible delays in repayment and loss of income and principal invested, and none of the Macquarie Bank or any other Macquarie Group entity guarantees any particular rate of return on or the performance of the investment, nor do they guarantee repayment of capital in respect of the investment.